Good evening. Today is Wednesday, the 7th of November, 2018. It's evening prayer today. I slept in this morning and didn't uh, get to morning prayer with you all. So I have, however, of course, been lifting you all up throughout the day. I really do mean that. Um, it's not something that I just say in a placating way. Whenever the Spirit moves me, I do lift both those of you who I know personally and those listeners that I don't up in prayer. So I hope that you feel surrounded with that prayer and with the love of Christ. Our evening prayer begins um, on page 115 of the Book of Common Prayer. Seek him who made the Pleiades and Orion and turns deep darkness into the morning and darkens the day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out upon the surface of the earth. The Lord is his name. Dear friends in Christ, here in the presence of Almighty God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins so that we may obtain forgiveness by his infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun, and our eyes behold the vesper light. We sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. Our psalm this evening or actually it's a portion of a psalm, is Psalm 119, verses 73 through 96. Your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you shall see me and rejoice, because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Lord, that your judgments are right, and that in faithfulness you have humbled me. Let your steadfast love become my comfort, according to your promise to your servant. Let your mercy come to me, that I may live, for your law is my delight. Let the arrogant be put to shame, because they have subverted me with guile. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. Let those who fear you turn to me. 
so that they may know your decrees. May my heart be blameless in your statutes, so that I may not be put to shame. My soul languishes for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes fail with watching for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The arrogant have dug pitfalls for me. They flout your law. All your commandments are enduring. I am persecuted without cause. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, spare my life so that I may keep the decrees of your mouth. The Lord exists forever. Your word is firmly fixed in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. By your appointment they stand today, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my misery. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I consider your decrees. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Ecclesiasticus, or the Wisdom of Jesus, Son of Sirach. Chapter 43, verses 23 through 33. By his plan he stilled the deep and planted islands in it. Those who sail the sea tell of its dangers, and we marvel at what we hear. In it are strange and marvelous creatures, all kinds of living things, and huge sea monsters. Because of him, each of his messengers succeeds, and by his word all things hold together. We could say more, but could never say enough. Let the final word be, he is the all. Where can we find the strength to praise him? For he is greater than all his works. Awesome is the Lord and very great, and marvelous is his power. Glorify the Lord and exalt him as much as you can, for he surpasses even that. When you exalt him, summon all your strength, and do not grow weary, for you cannot praise him enough. Who has seen him and can describe him, or who can extol him as he is? Many things greater than these lie hidden, for I have seen but a few of his works. For the Lord has made all things, and to the godly he has given wisdom. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our transition canticle is Canticle 12, which is actually found back with the morning prayer. They didn't reprint it twice. So on page 88, a song of creation, or Benedicte Omnia Opera Domine. Domini. Glorify the Lord, all you works of the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. In the firmament of his power, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. 
Glorify the Lord, you angels and all powers of the Lord. O heavens and all waters above the heavens, sun and moon and stars of the sky, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord. Every shower of rain and fall of dew, all winds and fire and heat, winter and summer, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O chill and cold, drops of dew and flakes of snow, frost and cold, ice and sleet, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O nights and days, O shining light and enfolding dark, storm clouds and thunderbolts, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Let the earth glorify the Lord, Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O mountains and hills, and all that grows upon the earth. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O springs of water, seas, and streams, O whales and all that move in the waters. All birds of the air, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O beasts of the wild, and all you flocks and herds. O men and women everywhere, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Let the people of God glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O priests and servants of the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O spirits and souls of the righteous. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. You that are holy and humble of heart, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Let us glorify the Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. In the firmament of his power, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. reading from Revelation, chapter 16, verses 1 through 11. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured his bowl on the earth. And a foul and painful sore came on those who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped its image. The second angel poured his bowl into the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and every living thing in the sea died. The third angel poured his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, You are just, O holy one who are and were, for you have judged these things. Because they shed the blood of saints and prophets, you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. And I heard the altar respond, Yes, O Lord God, the Almighty, your judgments are true and just. 
The fourth angel poured his bowl on the sun, and it was allowed to scorch people with fire. They were scorched by the fierce heat, but they cursed the name of God, who had authority over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. The fifth angel poured his bowl on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in agony and cursed the God of heaven because of their pains and sores, and they did not repent of their deeds. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue on page 120 of the Book of Common Prayer with the Song of Simeon. Lord, you now have set your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen the Savior, whom you have prepared for all the world to see, a light to enlighten the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and give it a, and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, 
on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Will you suffragists set A? Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world. For only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Most holy God, the source of all good desires, all right judgments, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, so that our minds may be fixed on the doing of your will, and that we, being delivered from the fear of all enemies, may live in peace and quietness, through the mercies of Christ Jesus our Savior. Amen. Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ, give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Amen. Now is the time for personal prayers. I'm going to pause for a moment. I'm going to read to you again, as I have a few times before, from Stars in a Dark World. Father John Julian um, is the person who compiled this anthology. It's Stories of the Saints and Holy Days of the Liturgy. For November 7th, we have St. Willibrode, probably saying that wrong, forgive me, of Utrecht uh, from 668 to 739 are his years. During some of the few peaceful years in his life, the famous St. Wilfred was abbot of the monastery of Ripon in North Yorkshire, where he had established the rule of St. Benedict. At that time, a pious Christian widower named Wilgis placed his six-year-old son with Abbot Wilfred to be raised as a Benedictine monk while he himself went off to spend his own last years as a hermit. The child's name was Willow Brode, and he made his monastic profession as a Benedictine monk at Ripon at a very, very early age. When he was nearly 20, with the permission of his abbot, he traveled to Ireland to join two other Ripon monks who had preceded him to study the sacred sciences at the famous Irish schools. For 12 years, Willow Brode engaged in studies there. Meanwhile, his monastic conferees, Egbert and Wigbert, became obsessed with a missionary expedition to the pagan lands of Frisia, basically our present-day Holland. 
Egbert was ready to go, but was sent instead to the islands between Ireland and Scotland. Wigbert made it to Frisia, but returned after two years without having met any prospect of success. Their enthusiasm for this mission must have been contagious, because Willibrord, who was then about 30 years old and had been ordained priest the year before, obtained permission to undertake the mission and to take 11 other monks with him. Willibrord and his company arrived in Frisia in 690 or 691. They landed at what was then the mouth of the Rhine River, which in the 11th century became blocked with sand, rerouting the modern river's course. They proceeded up the Rhine to the town of Utrecht, originally a Roman town called Trajectum, built in a ford or passage over the river, Altrecht, meaning Old Passage. Pepin of Herstal, Duke of the Franks, had recently captured a portion of Frisia, including Utrecht, and as a Christian, he welcomed Willebrard and his comp companions to the city. Rillebrard, however, set out immediately for Rome and therefore begged from, begged from Pope Sergius, please forgive me, I'm tongue-tied over this tonight, his apostolic blessing and the authority to preach the gospel among the pagans in Frisia, Germany, and the other idolatrous nations. The Pope was charmed by Rillebrard's zeal and sanctity and granted him full permission, sending him with a quantity of martyrs' relics to place in the altars of new churches he might found. Upon return to Utrecht, Rillebrard found that one of his companions had been taken away to be made bishop in the neighboring country near Cologne, but the rest of the company worked diligently and with great success, converting almost the whole population in those parts of Frisia that were ruled by Pepin and the Franks. After six years, King Pepin sent Rillebrod back to Rome with the request that he be ordained bishop. The same Pope Sergius he had met before received Rillebrod with great honors, formally changed his religious name to Clement, and with much solemnity ordained him Archbishop of Frisia, with the authority to establish his sea city wherever he thought would be most convenient. Staying in Rome only 14 days, Rillebrod hurried back to Frisia in 696 and settled on Utrecht as his arch, archiepiscopal sea city. Pepin gave him the royal castle of Wilteberg on the outskirts of Utrecht as his residence. His missionary zeal had received fresh strength with his consecration, and he began creating congregations and building churches throughout the land. In 698, he founded the Abbey of Eternach in what is now Luxembourg, and after Pepin's death, with the legacy the Count had left him, Willebrod endowed a convent in Sustrin near the Meuse River. When Willebrod attempted to extend his missionary activities into the, ports of, into the parts of Frisia not under Frankish control, he ran into conflict with the pagan prince Radbud, and for a time he turned his efforts instead to Denmark, where he bought 30 young slave boys and took them back to Utrecht to raise them as Christians. After the death of the pagan Radbod, Wilbrod was freed to extend his mission throughout the whole land and had notable success in building churches and schools. He was joined in his efforts between 719 and 722 by St. Boniface, who would later return and take over the mission to the Frisians. Unlike many overenthusiastic missionaries, 
Wilbur was known for being exceedingly strict and diligent about preparing catechumens for, for baptism and in presenting candidates for ordination, so his converts tended to stay converted and his clergy to stay faithful. Finally, after some 50 years of preaching the gospel, being quite broken with old age, Willowbrook turned over the administration of his diocese to his coadjutor and retired. In 738, he died a peaceful death of old age and was buried as he had requested at the monastery he had founded at Echternach, where his relics are still enshrined. In time, of course, Willowbrook came to be thought of as the patron saint of the old Catholic churches who in later centuries inherited his archiepiscopal seat of Utrecht as the center of their church life, and who eventually entered into, commun into communion with the Church of England in the 19th century. And our commemoration today is also an occasion for us to remember what we Anglicans often forget, that most of the Christianizing of the pagan tribes across Europe after the collapse of the Roman Empire was due to the work of missionaries like Willebrod and Boniface, virtually all of whom came from the church in Britain. I'm not sure if that particularly speaks to anyone, but I felt moved to read it today. So that being said, we lift up our prayers and close our daily office, our evening prayer with the general thanksgiving on page 125. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And, we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>